What's up, good people? Welcome to another edition of Cap. I'm one of your hosts, Big JD. So what we're going to do today, we're going to do what? We're going to cultivate. What's up, y'all? This is Erica Jackson, and we are going to accumulate. Hey, y'all, it's Jamel Jackson, and we are ready to prosper. Whoa, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? I'm doing good. good. Listen, 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 y'all. Buzz, buzz, buzz. It's been a little minute before we was last together, and it has been so much. Yes. So much going on. So we had a couple of topics that we could come to you with for the buzz. First, uh, we want to talk about A.J. Owens, who was killed in Florida, I believe, Ocala, Florida, um, by Susan Lawrence. Now, A.J. Owens is a black lady. Susan Lawrence is a white woman, and she killed A.J. in front of her nine, ten-year-old son, so you know this is going to be a traumatic event for him. But here's the thing. A.J. was a black mother of four. Um, apparently, Susan had been uh, just really going at her kids, yelling at them, throwing things at them, and even took an iPad from uh, one of A.J.'s children. So A.J. just went to the house just to, you know, knock on the door and talk to her. And she shot her through the door, killing her. So what do you guys have to say about this particular situation? <sighs> okay, so it's... Ooh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, even without, it's without the kid being there. It's a lot. So, but he was the way they were there. So it makes it even more a lot. And so, um, at the end of the day, when you do wrong, you there should be a consequence. Right. There is. There is no reason why this lady should have shot this mom, especially in front of her kids. Like, I can only imagine. Even as an adult, I wouldn't want somebody to be killed in front of me. Like, so that would affect anybody, let alone a child. So, uh, we, it's, it's a lot going on, with just in general. But again, when you do wrong, there should be, there are consequences. And this lady, what's wrong? Definitely not the manslaughter charge that they are trying to give her because to shoot through a door is just murder flat out. Well, once again, this is same song, different uh, different singer. Uh, over the years, um, back in 2012, Trayvon Martin, George, uh, George Zimmerman, uh, Rewind back 2020, Ahmaud Arbery, the two white guys in Georgia. Uh, and then countless of other events that probably have happened that didn't get media coverage. Um, and now this white lady, Susan Lawrence, 58, um, decides to shoot a, a black mother of four through her door because she felt her white privilege would protect her. Uh, let's just keep it real and that she could use the stand your ground law. But she right. yelled racial slurs to the woman's children. They left a iPad in the field next to her house. Um, 
which was next to her house, so it wasn't on her property. She took the iPad. Uh, and so the woman went over there like any mother to see what's going on after her children told her, and she shoots through the door. Um, the sheriff office there in Ocala, Florida, because this is in Ocala, Florida, took a few days before their arrest her. Now, just think about this. If this was the other way around, if this was a a, a, a black woman shooting a white woman, this would not have played out this way. There's nobody conservative, non-conservative, uh, Christian, non-Christian could tell me different. So this thing keeps happening. Uh, if it wasn't for the pressure of people speaking out, calling, they still would have been sitting on their hands on this. And now they're trying to charge her with manslaughter since the stand your ground law does not apply, which they were trying to apply. But this is murder. Whether it's first or second degree, this wasn't manslaughter. She shot to, through the door. So once again, um, as a nation, black people, white people, all races of people, to keep turning the blind eye to this, if you keep poking that bear, when it wake up, it's going to react. And this is just another disheartening incident that keeps happening. And it's happening to people who look like me, you look like us. And so there is this, this, this stench of racism, biasness that's going on. And, and we, we, something's got to be done about it. Right. She needs to be held accountable. Um, and that's all there is to that. This, this, had, this cannot continue because there's going to be eventually a reaction when, when this keeps happening because – it's happening a lot of times to to black people. So that within itself tells you the racial component, the biasness, the prejudiceness, the bigot the bigots, all of that is a, it's just that's a recipe for that. Um now on a lighter note, we have the Devon Franklin interview on the Breakfast Club this week. Uh this brother who was uh who's a movie producer, also he's a a uh, minister, um, famously known for being married to Megan Good a few years ago. <laughs> um, he he dropped a lot of gems. I did see him when he came to Memphis a few years ago and spoke. Uh, it was somewhere at one of the, the hospitals. Yeah, they had an uh, auditorium. Um, so he was on The Breakfast Club, and he was speaking about the new movie he's produced called uh, Flaming Hot which is based off the guy that um, produced the Flaming Hot Cheetos that all these children love to eat. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yes, and some you know, adults. Yeah, so, and, and some adults like to eat it too. Uh, I bypass on that. Uh, <laughs> but um, but he, he dropped, some, dropped some major gems on uh, not only about the, the premise of the movie, but they asked him about, as uh, he's been holding up since his divorce from Megan and, and just being a single person. Um, and it made a lot of sense because if you're not happy with yourself while you're single, how can you truly make someone else happy or be happy with someone else? So what did, what did you all take from that interview? You know, with this interview, I really, really like this interview with Devon. And what I liked about it is because – there was a question that um, he was asked, and he was asked how did he feel mm-hmm. seeing uh, making Good with Jonathan Majors. Mm-hmm. And his response was, I'm happy for her. 
Yeah. You know, it's not this thing so often you have celebrities and you know that, you know, he loved his wife. And so for this to happen, anytime anybody goes through a divorce, it can be hard. It can be frustrating. But even after all of that, to know he actually took time as a man to heal from the hurt and the pain and everything to the point where now she's with someone else and he can say, I'm happy for her. And you can see from his mannerisms and what he's saying, he truly means it. It that 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 was very enlightening to me because you have so many celebrities who are going around and they make it so hard, especially luckily, you know, they didn't have any children involved, but sometimes there are children involved and it gets really, really hard for the every single person involved. So I loved hearing him say that. Yeah. Um I like Every time I've heard him speak, is is a lot of balance because he did say that there were nights he cried himself to sleep, and but he also said because they want they wanted to know what he really thought about you know her making date and dating someone else and like was he wishing like ill will on him you know things like right. that and he and he I forgot the the one of the comments that he said made but he did say that he was gonna leave it at that. So I'm sure we all human, you know, I'm sure he's had some moments where he like, you know, probably shouldn't felt this or not, you know, think this way about the situation. But he, he had a great balance of, I'm going to tell you this, but I'm not going to tell you that just to keep because right. that's his business. Like he don't have to share that with us, the world, like he's going, uh, you know, I don't know if they said the divorce is final. Is it, it's final. I don't know if it's final or not, but, um, I mean, he could. He was balanced. That's what I like about it. And as far as the um, flaming hot, now yes, I, <laughs> I do eat flaming hot Cheetos, I and I actually I had can't. some this week. Ironically, <laughs> I did, and they were they were very good. They mm-hmm. were so. Um, I love hearing stories about well, just backgrounds of stories of you know th- certain things, not everything, but just certain things. It's just inspiring. Like he said, he liked to produce movies that's inspiring. So just hearing about how that came about, and then also I caught a few, the beginning of the movie, so it's going to look like it's going to be a good movie, so I want to see the rest of it. Now, um, one more thing we would really like to get in about also, like I said, it's been a lot going on in the buzz. Um, so yesterday... Janelle Monae's um, new album was released, and there was an interview with her. I believe that was on yesterday as well. And I was watching um, this podcast on um, Janelle, and I'm going to say this, and you guys can pipe in on this as well. But um, so, of course, you know, I may not just, you know, I'm that lifestyle of hers, I don't you know, get into that or whatever. However, the thing that that I can relate to with Janelle is she talked about trauma she's had to endure and um, being abandoned by her, fa- by her father and going through different abandonments, but find, finding her level of inner peace, finding um, how to be free. And it made me think of this song by Kirk Franklin where he says, imagine me... Being free, trusting you 
totally, finally, I can. Can you imagine me? So I love the fact that she was able to find this inner peace. She's not worried about what other people thinks about her, but she's finding peace with herself and able to be who she is with no regret. I think that's fabulous. You guys take on that. Uh, yeah, as you were talking, I thought about, um, you know, just p- the topic of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's something I've had to work on as well, if I'm going to be transparent, just, you know, worried about what other people are going to think. So I have to really be focused on, okay, what is, how can I still, you know, still be love on people but not also but not sacrifice myself in the process and so um but that that's a journey within itself and it takes courage to not um be a people pleaser um and then also um but of course like you said erica her lifestyle is not you know doesn't line up with my faith so there's for me there's a balance between you know what my faith is and then also you know what am i desiring to do so i have to make sure or think about the lifestyle that I'm living is in line up with my faith. And so that's just me um, speaking from that uh, point of view. Well, I'm going to say this. Um, Janelle Monet, I think she's a, a, a beautiful sister, uh, very uh, easy on the eye. <laughs> um, and I noticed, you know, she has, um, her persona, you know, has 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 transitioned over the past few years. Cause I remember when she was this this pretty young lady, um, but she wore these wore these tuxedos, and she speaks about that in the interview. Uh, and now with her new album, which is called The Age of Pleasure, I've seen the video uh, to the first song, Lipstick, and uh, you know, coming up out the water. Is all I'm gonna say. It's like wow, it, it it's it's a visual effect. <laughs> But um, she said this has been her for the longest, um, and she was afraid to 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 be herself based on what other people thought. Mm-hmm. Now she has spoken that she you know consider herself non-binary, and 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 of course, people have their own different interpretations and live their own lifestyles. But beyond that, I can see. When she did the interview with Charlemagne and DJ Envy, where she said that there was an age of depression, there was an age of anxiety, and now she's living in the age of pleasure. So, you know, everyone has their own journey. But far as a, far as her being an artist, I mean, she's a talented artist. Um, and like with a lot of things, I think you have to be able to separate, you know, the artist from whatever their lifestyle may be, if it don't line up with yours, but you can always take some sort of wisdom nugget from somebody and how she spoke about the trauma that she dealt with as a, as a young girl pertaining to her father and other things that it, it made a lot of sense. But, um, I've listened to a couple of tracks on the LP. Uh, and so far it's been, it's been pretty dope. It's, it's, it's definitely a little different than some of her earlier. Um, cause it's, this is, it just debuted yesterday on the ninth, um, but she's this her first album in five years, so she's no longer you know in the at least right now in the tuxedos. Uh, she she's got a little bit of that Rihanna, Beyonce <laughs> slash <laughs> slash Lil Kim slash everything going on, but she's still being herself uh, with her own unique spin to it. So uh, 
Yeah. I like that you said that, though, because I remember while looking at her interview, she did say that in creating, like they said, it was kind of short. And she did say that in creating it, she wanted it to be sure that she had a whole vibe. You know, she got vibe from it. So, um, and that the other people who listened to it would be able to feel that vibe. And she went through great lengths to make sure that this would be, you know, able to happen. So I wouldn't mind listening to it myself so I can check out the vibe. (laughs) All right. We got another um, little bit of, I guess it's, I'm going to call it a buzz topic. (laughs) But um, I have some news. Um, This will be the last episode that I'll be recording with Mr. Jerry and Miss Erica. yeah, this I took some time to just um not do this often, not just recent but often to figure out, you know, what am I doing in this season? What what's in the next season for me? What have I done in the past season just to figure out um are the things that I'm doing now um should I be doing them? Um not necessarily that there are going to be bad things, it's just that there are some things that, you know, we are all called to do in a certain time and so I took some time to really process what I have going on and so as you all know I am an author author of weight women intimate tales and girl forget all that which is uh recently new release I redid the book and so it is out now on my website and Amazon and so it's a um story about my journey of healing from a breakup that ended five years ago for your relationship and so I just walked the reader through um that whole process and going going back into the dating scene and all the benefits that came from the breakup and so I have been um promoting that and so it's a lot of work that goes into anything that you are pursuing as far as your purposes so I just said well I'm if I'm going to do something I want to give it my all and I said I gotta be focused and so that's what I'm focused on right now is just all the things that's gonna come from this book and so like I told them um this is not goodbye <laughs> you know right. this is just me you know it, y'all it's just a new kind of relationship versus the podcast and all that but um and I also told them that you know because it's not goodbye, it's because it's because if I if I allow anybody in my space, there's a reason why you're in my space, and the reason it's a reason why I'm, people are, they have me in their space, and so, um, if you're not in my space, it's a reason why you're not in my space, and right. so I don't, um, you know, I'm very intentional about relationships, romantic, for all the all types of relationships, I'm very intentional, so they will. This is not the last that they will hear from me, so it's just you know just a new season. Changes inevitable, so um, that's where I'm at. <laughs> so, congratulations, Shamel, on your book, um, "Girl, Forget All That Part Two. Thank you. <laughs> um, congratulations, and I'm wishing you all um, the best. We started with youth leadership coaching, and then um, have been on this journey with this podcast. So, I'm just looking forward to just seeing what else God does. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. Just wanted to add as well, congratulations on the on the book. Um, and I totally understand. I wish you nothing but much success. And like you said, it's not goodbye. You may not continue to be here with us on the podcast, but, I mean, there's, there's some upcoming projects down the road I know that we'll collaborate on. So 
Mm-hmm. Definitely wish you much success. And, uh, you know, it, it's you're not only a friend, but you're like a, a sister. And so, uh, don't, you know. Don't, don't get no, me started crying on the no. screen. <laughs> so I, I, just, no I just want to... I just want to put that out there. We got a number of love for you. And, and yeah, you know, uh, from leaf, youth leadership coaching, we first uh, got to know each other a year ago, working on Erica's youth leadership program to me pitching the idea for this podcast to you all back in December uh, up until now doing episode seven. So there's a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that uh, – we're all definitely intersect again down the road on some most greater things. So uh, much success with that. All right, thank you. And I do want to add, um, thank you all for tuning in um, during my time on the podcast. I've learned a lot just about podcasting in general and then also just the things that we've talked about. Um, I mean, if, you, if this is your first time, make sure you go back. And watch the other episodes that we have done as well. So it's just a lot of the people with the guests we've had. Just it's just like you said, it's a reason for everything. And I'm just grateful to have learned the things that I did learn while I was do, um, doing the podcast. So I will take those things with me in other areas. So it's not a, you know, I can only use this for as a podcast host, but also other areas too. So thank you all. Thank you. No doubt. Well. <laughs> Today, we have a, on this episode, we have another special guest, a young brother that I've come to know that, uh, as you can see right here, a lot of times people ask me where I get these dope shirts from, that I, <laughs> or the idea come from my mind, but, you know, I don't make the shirts, so I have to go somewhere to get them made, and so there's a brother by the name of C.J. Neville, who's our guest today. He hails from Holly Springs, Mississippi, the SIP, as they call it. Uh, he's an actor, three years experience, uh, stage plays, some of the most notable ones, even though he's done many, Married to a Cheater, Invisible Me, Erica's stage play, Detours 2, and like I said, he's also an entrepreneur. His brand is called Life, which is spelled L-I-P-H-E. He will expound more on that because he does these dope shirts that I like. And so without further ado, Mr. Nevels. <laughs> Yeah, appreciate y'all having me. No doubt. Time for me to get capped, huh? <laughs> Time to get captivated. You captivated. Captivated. So tell us a little bit about about yourself, CJ. Oh yeah, well, like you said at first, you know, I'm from Holly Spring, Mississippi. Okay. And um, I got into the acting space around 2017, actually. But I've been like professionally doing it for like the past three years. Okay. You know, and um. It started off at the church at New Direction. And, Familiar um, with that church? That's the church I belong to, Pastor Stacy Spencer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I used to go yeah. there myself. Yeah, so all y'all familiar with it. And um, around that time, you know what I'm saying, like I really just didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing. So I was just going, you know, just kind of get a little inspiration or uh, just, you know, just kind of try to figure me out. And then just one Sunday, um, it was probably like around October, I was coming out. I was coming out of service, and uh, they had women at the desk, no lining up, trying to get people to sign up. You know, a lot of people just walking away because you know, like people don't really want to just perform on stage plays. And, like, <laughs> you know, and then with New Direction, it's a big church. You know, so I know how it is. But uh, with me helping my friend with his, his music videos, I'm like, if I can do that, ain't no way I'm not finna you no know, like act for God. You know what I'm saying? So it started off there and. 
know Miss uh, Kia Griffin was our director for that. And I can go, I can go on and on about how it started because <laughs> it's just not your, it's not your average story of how like yeah. an actor gets started. Because I didn't go to school for it. I didn't really get perfect. I, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I ain't see myself doing it. I always enjoy movies, but you know, it just started off there. So, what would you say was your pivot from that first play at New Direction to you acting in many different roles now in plays? I can tell you, my key was I think it just came from serving because. Um, so even though I act uh, in the New Direction play, there was one play. And uh, so during that process, um, during rehearsals, I was always nervous. But me, Keisha Cathy, she always kept telling me, like, you deserve to be on stage. And uh, I was like, I don't really. I said, all right, but I don't think I was that good. So she said, when Princeton Elkers uh, have another audition, I'm going to send you the information. I want you to go there. Okay. And I was working at Walmart in the tire shop at that time. I'm like, I got a job. I can't just skip out on my job because the audition was like from one to five. By that time it worked, but I had a lunch break. But I'm like, somebody seeing this much in me, let me just give it a shot. So I thought I was gonna go on my lunch break and you know, like yeah. and I got the audition and come back to work. Like, so I still got my work uniform on. I was at the audition probably from like two almost I think almost towards the end. So, like, I done went over my lunch break and I'm missing hours from work. You know what I'm saying? But my manager, she was kind of cool with it, so she understood. And um, I didn't get the role by me at Bianca McMillan. And she just started working with me, like, just giving me, like, telling me how to, you got to work on your enunciation. Your, um, you know, they teach you about blocking and how you're supposed to stand and stuff like that. Pronunciation, like, because I talked with Liz, and that used to be, like, one of my insecurities, and she would try to work with me on it. Uh, she put me in like one of her uh, her skits that she does, and it was like based off the um, it was based off the movie Why Did I Get Married? Okay. No, so we were out playing the uh, out playing the good guy when she met uh, the guy Troy. She, Troy, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was reenacting him. Sheriff Troy, yeah. Troy. <laughs> so, but I mean, we didn't do the whole dynamic, but we just kind of yeah. got a little feed from it. So gotcha. uh, it started from there, and you uh, know, I had my brand life, and uh. My cousin Bianca Richmond, she had a play coming up, so I um I was just hitting up because she was looking like for sponsorship. So I just wanted to sponsor my brand and you know be a sponsor for it, just to get my brand out there. And uh, I asked her, I said, anything else you need me to do, just let me know. She like, well, you can you can act this role out for me. I thought she was playing. I was like, you for real? <laughs> she was like, yeah. I said, all right. So she gave me the script and uh, I went to rehearse and and it started from there. Wow. Yeah. So. So what was it about being in a play in New Direction, the Christmas play, that made you want to go into the film industry? Uh, to be honest, it wasn't even, I wasn't even going for it for that. It was just, you know, somebody saw something in me, and I'm like, I'm going to just give it a try, you mm -hmm. know. And uh, when I met Bianca, she uh, she just wanted me to be in her skit because I think somebody wasn't able to make it. And so she since she'd been working with me, she was like, well, I trust you to you know, pull this out. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and... Uh, like I can say anything with just God, cause me just willing to help and serve. Mm -hmm. That's how they started coming to me, and then uh, it also started like uh, even then that was just only one play I was in. Uh, like I said, I was still trying to figure out what I was supposed to be doing. So Miss Erica, y'all co-host, <laughs> she uh, she uh, she's always post like these these inspirational quotes, and it'll be like 
the random times of the night. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and she still do it to this day. I do. Yeah, so uh, I think it probably like maybe three months before I even just DM to her about like, you know, reaching out to her, just say, because uh, I think I told her like um, her quote inspired me and I'm just trying to, I need help trying to find my purpose. And I ended up getting with her. She started uh, coaching me and she started telling me about being intentional. And I guess my, for somehow me telling her my story, she said, I got a role for you in this. <laughs> you know <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it was a small role, but I appreciate it because the first play I was in with Bianca, that was a small role too. Mm-hmm. And the next time I was in it, I had uh, the main character role. The next time we did the encore. Same thing happened with Eric, I had a small role in it. And the time we came to encore, I was the main character in it. So all that really be got, I don't, it'd be hard for me to take any kind of, you know, like, you no, know, just pray that it's all me because I know yeah. it wasn't me. Yeah. I can say too that. Um, CJ is a humble man. He's very humble and he will get up and do anything that's needed. And even in detours, it was like I gave him a small role, but even in doing that, he proved himself worthy to to be in a, as a main cast member. You know, he went through there and learned everybody's lines. He was, you know, very good and showed himself that he is a true actor. And being that he was in Detours too, it brings me to my first question. So, CJ, what Detours would you say you have encountered along this journey? Uh, let me sit up. So, I think I had, like, in the past five years, I had a couple Detours because I went to college and through college, I found out, like, okay, I didn't want to go to just the average route. I didn't even see myself, like, I wanted to graduate just because my family did, but I ain't just really feel it for me at that point. But, you know, things happened. So, like, but during college, I did find, like, uh, I found a certain path for me because, like, like I said, everything happened with acting. It came from me just serving and helping people. So before then, I was helping my, uh, my friend manage her music career first. And I just only became a, well, I didn't even become a manager like that. Like, she kind of, I ain't going to say she forced me into it, but the way I was helping her, it was only right if she did just say I could be a manager. You know what I'm saying? So kind of transition your way into yeah, that. Yeah, but really, I was just helping her because I felt like, you know, people going to try to get over on her because she was mm-hmm. a female. Yeah. You know, I'm like, if ain't nobody going to be there all the time and I'm there anyway, like, I might well be willing to, like, just take on, like, if yeah. I can tell, like, ah, right, he going to try to get over. He just want to holler at you. You know what I'm saying? I ain't kind of just be the middleman and cut that out. So she started mm-hmm. kind of making me her manager. But uh, through that, I detoured into having my own brand myself. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this for you, but what's going to be for me one day? You know what I'm saying? Like, Because yeah. just in case you start wanting to do something else, I still got to have a backbone for me or something mm-hmm. I need to do. So uh, I did that. And from me having my brand and doing it, and just like getting my name out there with stuff like that, I started like sponsoring like, like, I sponsored Bianca play. I sponsored, um, it was another play I was in called When Mom Is Gone. I got a sponsorship for that, too. And I didn't sponsor the whole play, but, you know, I gave a donation. You know, they had a different sponsor. But uh, through me serving and helping, it led into the old different role. Because once they find the idea, act, they were like, well, I got this for you. You know what I'm saying? So, D2 having so, it'd it be so funny how a detour can happen, but it all be for God. You know, it'd be right. for the greater good. Right. Like I said, I ain't see myself acting, and it just came from me serving. So, like, 
I think serving wheel is a big part for it for me. Yeah. Let me ask you this, CJ. Growing up in Holly Springs, Mississippi, man, what was a young CJ into? <laughs> man, I love I love kidding with my friends. Uh, football. We we used to always uh play ball in our neighborhood and women too as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I was I think I was just a normal teenager. Like I had my I had my struggles and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just all bad, but you know, you, you act out as a teenager sometimes, but to me, it wasn't just acting out, I just being a boy, you know what I'm saying? I just being a teenager. So, but I think I was a pretty, pretty calm dude. I wasn't bad, I ain't getting much trouble, Yeah, you know? So. All right, so what, um, coming from Holly Springs, Mississippi, what is something that, uh, well, from your hometown, that you feel like has, feel has prepared you for where you are now? Um... I think it had to be my granddad instilled at work at then because he used to have us in old pastors like during the summer like it wasn't no if you over there you gonna work in that pastor out there mm. you no know, you either gonna cut some grass out here you gonna do something you ain't gonna be sitting in the house sleep all the time so mm. he instilled at work at the end uh seeing my mama do everything she could you know uh being a single mom and just taking care of me and my sister she really showed me one of the excuses, you know, and um, a lot of times, uh, so, like, my dad wasn't a big part of my life, but he was dealt, but he just went, just dealt with me, like, all the time, you know what I'm saying? So, but my mama showed me, uh, ain't nobody really going to give you nothing. Yeah. So, like, it'll be out, it'll be time when I was getting ready for football season, like, she'll tell you, I'll tie a tie around me and run up the hill, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't wait for practice, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I did all that on my own. And uh, she talked about that to this day. <laughs> so I think just seeing seeing people who not have it all but still doing what they had to do, it just let me know that you still got to do it. And my mom, my mom was a a big her faith and shit. It's so it's so big. Like things I think feel like people should worry about. She makes seem like it ain't nothing. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> that's powerful. So I did forget to add that, like Jerry, I chose to wear a CJ original <laughs> today. I appreciate that. Near about everybody in the play has this shirt. Yeah. <laughs> everybody detours to us. You know, they was rocking this. Even gave him a little commercial in inside the play. Okay. Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> but um, CJ, you have done a lot. You have even uh, done a play that led you all the way to the Cannon Center. You have yeah. been at the Lander Center. So um, you have really, really been making a name for yourself and um, growing by leaps and bounds. And a lot of times we see um, people who do that. Sometimes they may venture out of Memphis. They may stay in Memphis. They may start directing themselves. So what is your ultimate goal in the theater and film industry? Ooh. To be honest, <clears throat> it ain't really just a. I never just really thought about thought about the ultimate goal because like, God been leading me leading me every step of the way. Mm. Like any plans I have myself is always got like, it was always for the greater my good, but it was overly what I thought I was gonna do. Right. Like, cause I thought I was gonna be this this mogul music manager or something <laughs> like that. And he led me into having a, a t shirt brand or. Clothing brand to wow. acting like, 
it, it's hard. Like I still do like vision boards and stuff like that every now and then. But I add to my vision board. Uh, this past year, stop putting the cap on God. So that's one I put mm. on my vision board. Stop putting yeah. the cap yeah. on God. Okay. That's fitting. That's fitting. You know what I'm saying? That's fitting. Yeah. That's on my vision board. So leading from that, man, um, when was the moment that you cultivated your desire of acting and then your your clothing line, uh, you know, into, you know, your aspiration to this is tied into your purpose? When would you say was that moment that you cultivated those two things uh, to be tied to your purpose? I want to say, um, I have to say it really did start in detour because, like, even when I, before I got detour, I felt like I was okay, but I didn't think I had a real gift until, like, you know, when people couldn't show up. And I think it was already designed that way because when Erica asked me to play this role or play that role, and when people would tell me, like, you know your lines already? You good and out? Like, they would, yeah. you know, they was feeding, feeding into me, like, I'm not even thinking I'm doing much. I'm just trying to make sure, like, because I got to reenact with every different character. And if they partner ain't there, like, it's kind of hard for them to build their chemistry. So, like, yeah. I'm trying to make sure I get them enough so they can work on their chemistry with this other partner until they get there. So it started from there and then, like, um, when people outside of Detour started coming to me telling me that I got a gift. And when my gift started, like, it started introducing me to different people, and not only did it introduce me to different people, like sometimes you'll be helping somebody out and not even knowing it. Like me telling my story, like or how I started, certain people in the cab, they were like, my name was so motivated. Like, so I think God really do put you in certain places for a yeah. reason, and he take you through certain things for a reason. And that's why I started feeling like that was my purpose, because like if I was doing anything else, I probably wouldn't came into contact with these other people. Yeah. And the fact that I'm not just only acting like I'm, like, I'm really helping, too, while I'm out here. And, you know, people actually do pay attention to you, and you're like, my gift kind of helps show other people what they're going through. Because you'll hear people in the audience say, like, I felt it, they feel real. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm going through the same thing, and the storyline can help them overcome it. Yeah. So, like, now I really, I think I use that more as a ministry. Now, I ain't think asking, act, acting can be a ministry. Mm-hmm. So. It definitely yeah. can. So since you got bit with the acting bug, what would you say you have accumulated over the years? A sense of purpose, something I was looking for at first. You know, um, like you can you can do things, but you know how you can be doing so much and not feel fulfilled? Mm-hmm. Like acting made me feel fulfilled because not only am I doing it just for for me, but I found like a, like I said, I found a sense of purpose. And then, like, even when I am acting and I'm going there, like, I'm not only just giving my service of acting. Like, I'm seeing how else I can help in this way, too. And I'm also learning, like, and with this, like, I'm uh, having my own event October 21st, and it's going to be, like, an art mixture. Like, so I want to help people that, you know, to stop them from going to all the certain struggles that I had to go through. Like, when you're going through something, certain people like to hide information from you. Or feel like you got to pay them for this information. At least with this right here, opening doors for like, uh, I'm going to have some poetry going on there. So people who've been 
inspired to to read poetry, but just was afraid to do it. It's gonna be a real intimate set. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like that's at least getting them out their comfort zone. You know, uh, I'm gonna have a little theater there with a couple of skits. Uh, I'm gonna have a live performance there, and I just kind of want like I want it to be over time. You know. Yeah. So you're, you're basically paying it forward. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. 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 I love it. To be a blessing. So I had a friend that used yeah. to say that all the time. Um, you know, we had to we had the detours and things like that. So what is something that you found very difficult to do, but you were faithful to it and it turned out to be prosperous? Learning multiple roles at one time. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, just last year, man, I had so many skits and plays I had to do and it was it was challenging me because uh with the last play I was just seeing at the Candy Center, uh I came in, it was a small role. I took it because like I knew I had something else coming up and I'm like, well I can learn this small role real quick. I was leaving rehearsal uh, one of my other rehearsals uh, for the dinner. I get a call as soon as I leave there, they ask me, uh, do is it impossible or do I think I can pull it off, learn the main character role and I think I had like maybe Maybe about a month and a half or something like that to learn it. Or maybe it was two months. And it was challenging, but I'm like, you know, I always try to take, like, I always take it on my chest sometimes and kind of, like, relieve some stress from certain people. And that sometimes it can be a gift and a curse. Mm -hmm. True, mm -hmm. but, true. Very true, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm the person, I'm like, well, if I if I put my mind to it, I know I can pull it through and pull it out. Mm -hmm. And they're going to take a lot of stress out of them. You know, because when you put on production, it's a lot of stress that come with it. You know, so I tried to make it easy as possible. So it turned out to be good. I mean, <laughs> I killed the first role that I did, and then when it came to the county son, like I murdered that, and it, it made everybody feel good. So, like, I think that was probably my hardest challenge when it came to it. You, said, you murdered it. You I murdered, murdered it. it. <laughs> That's what's yeah. up. <laughs> Well, CJ, we've come to the part of our show that we like to call Pick One. Pick One. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start it off. Um, so Pick One. This is dealing since we're in the NBA Finals. It's dealing with basketball. If you had to go with a um, European player that's, that's a star in the league now, Pick one. Would you go with Luca or the Joker? Now I'm up before you before you say what you're gonna say. I personally would select just from watching the past uh, several games, uh, the Joker some series to be his size and how he can shoot the three, the way he passes like magic and and you know uh, so. And don't get me wrong, Luca is 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 a phenomenal player too. Um, but I'm personally gonna go with Jokic if I had to pick between the two. So who would you pick? Hey, you took it. I'm going with Jokic. <laughs> I'm going with him. I mean, cause man, he he ain't the most athletic. You know what I'm saying? But he know basketball though. You know what I'm saying? I see him like to me, he put me in the mind of a modern day Tim Duncan. He just can shoot better. And he passed more. Cause think about it, he he all fundamental, his footwork. Yeah. Uh, he can see over everybody, and just the shot that he make, man, he yeah. don't jump that much. He throwing the ball up, man. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm he, going with Joe. He, yeah, he's just he's you know fundamentals. He's not flashy, but he's, not, he's gonna give you 
uh, a triple, triple double, double almost every game. Uh, almost every game. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and he has his team one game away from winning their first NBA championship. So yeah, yeah. I can see that. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. You took it. You took it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my pick one. I'm like in this mood for vacation. You know what I'm saying? I need a vacation. Um, so I decided I will go this route. So my pick one, would you rather go on a cruise to a destination of your choice or be able to experience an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica? Now, me, myself, I've been on three cruises, and all of them was like in the late 90s. I have not been on a cruise <laughs> since. So I said maybe one day, maybe one day I'll go on another one. So I would say, I want that resort, man. I want a resort. Let, let me get to Jamaica. So pick one. It's a hard choice for me because I, I ain't did neither one. I ain't been <laughs> on a cruise yet. Well, I ain't been on a resort, but. I think I'm gonna do the cruise first, just to experience it. I would love to do the resort, but I just want to experience the cruise first. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah, I, ain't, I ain't never did. It's an experience. He yeah. says it's an experience. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm with that too as well. Um, all right. Uh, pick one comedian: Cat Williams yeah. or Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart. Hey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm going to say this. I was I went into Kevin Hart years ago. Yeah. I was Cat Williams. I remember when I was an undergrad in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I can remember just like it was yesterday. They yeah. had, the, I think it was, it was a black organization. They had put on a comedy show during Homecoming Week. And they brought in Cat Williams and I think it's Lavelle Crawford. And um, it was, the tickets were $7, y'all. $7. Yeah. You hear me? So it fit the college budget, college yeah. student budget. Okay. And so I was in, me and my friend was in tears the whole night, like the whole night in tears. And so uh, I like Cat Williams since then. So I'm going with Cat Williams. I like Kevin now, yeah. but I'm going with Cat. I mean, don't <laughs> get me wrong. I used to be a big Cat Williams fan, but uh, Kevin Hart won me over just because I seen his journey. Like, mm. it, it was different for me because. From Paper Soldiers to yeah. like the, mm -hmm. the smaller stand-up that he did, Grown Little Man, didn't want nobody really paying attention to it. Then right. he was in a lot of film, had small roles that didn't nobody pay attention oh, yeah. to, like uh, Meet the Falkers, he was in it. Didn't nobody know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, was in, he was in a couple things and just mm -hmm. to see somebody elevate to where he at now. So I get y'all say a comedian, but I look at the, the whole, whole round. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's Kevin Hart for me. <laughs> I, I like both of them um, for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Their their comedy is different. Yeah, yeah, because sure. I, yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you know that Cat has a certain comedy that I, that I like that I follow, but then Kevin, I like his comedy, but then I like his his life lessons he speak about. Yeah. So he he has a dynamic to where not only does he has his comedy, but then he does a lot of motivational. Mm -hmm. uh, stuff, but then right. when he speaks with his company, a, a lot of times it shows a certain side of life that you'd be like, it makes you like, make it make sense, like you know. <laughs> so, um, so I like both of them, but you know, there's there's that for different reasons, you know. 
And I like the fact that how Kevin says that can, uh, we as a people can have more than just one person being successful at one time. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't have any, from I can see, any any hate for any other comedian. He's just doing his own thing. Yeah. yeah. And he speaks. Yeah. So, you know, and some, some comedians, that's not the case. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I can make that. I, I actually like both, too. But I like, <laughs> I can really get into Kevin Hart pretty much for the same reason you do. Yeah. Just because, you know, I've I love I've loved seeing him in the movies. He is hilarious. Then yeah. I actually had the opportunity to actually see one of his shows live last year. I hate I missed though. And it was hilarious. I know it <laughs> like is. I still think about it and I just laugh sometimes. <laughs> it was really hilarious. So yeah, help Kevin Hart. <laughs> I'm out. I'm outnumbered. Outnumbered. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. But I do I, raw with Kevin. But it just Kevin wins me overall. Now <laughs> Jerry didn't go with one now, so it's kind of like. Well, I, I, I thought told, you picked Kevin. I, no, it I told like, you. It sound like you picked Kevin. Oh, I, I, I have both. Like I said, for different <laughs> reasons. But yeah. if I had to give one the slight edge. Then a slight edge probably would be Kevin simply yeah. because of his his <laughs> motivational stuff yeah, yeah. that I like that he does. But I mean, you know, yeah. uh, but I like both of them. So you know, like I said, you can, uh, yeah, it's different uh, different flavor or whatnot. So now we come to the part of the show which the banana peel. We're gonna peel back this banana, and so Malette um, Shamel do the honors. <laughs> Of reading this banana peel. All right. Remember, you can send your questions to the cab podcast three at gmail.com. All right. We got Gary from Phoenix, Arizona. He has been divorced for six months. Um, he has one kid with his ex-wife. Um, he would like to be married again. He has shown interest in another woman, and she has shown interest in him. He doesn't want to be... Um, uh, be, be divorced, but he also wants to know if he's moving too fast before he enters another relationship. Um, you know, this is this time to all to forget all that moving forward. Um, this is a type of relationship. It was a marriage that ended. Um, so I would, you know, it, it's a time frame for everybody. It's different, you know, when you leave one situation to the next, but you, especially since there's a kid involved, it definitely needs to be thinking, thought about heavily um, by him. Like you said, he's been married before, and he wants to be married again. So I would say just, you know, weigh out, you know, what type of, you know, does he feel like he could, um, if it doesn't work out, he's, is he prepared to face the rejection if this relationship does not, this next relationship does not work out? Because you don't, you because we got, what's the quote? It says, you know, Love like you've never been hurt before. Um, we don't know what how why this marriage ended or anything like that, but we just know he's been divorced for six months. I just want it, it's very important that um, you heal um, before you enter a relationship. Whether it takes six months, a year, um, who knows? It's mm -hmm. different for each people, each person. Um, sometimes people say it's different from a man or woman. So we have men here that can speak right. from that perspective to say, okay. Do you think um, he needs more time, or is it a is it truly a case by case scenario? Which I think, I think, um, I agree with you that he does need time to heal. 
um, being that he has only been divorced for six months and he doesn't want to be divorced twice, you know, that's something to look at. Um, I think that a lot of times when you start getting back into the dating world, a good thing to do is to build a friendship first, Mm -hmm. Um, to know that, okay, what is this person about? But, you know, take it slow and be sure that this is what, you know, that you won't because later on down the line, it hasn't been that much time. So being that he's only been divorced for six months, then that means he has not been seeing this woman for that long either. You know, um, in time, you start learning other things about the person and you never truly for years. I've heard people who are married say, I'm still learning new things. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to know if the new things that you start to learn, is it something you can deal with? And being that you just got out of a relationship, you don't not just out of a relationship, but out of a marriage, you never want to get to the point where she's doing the same thing that she was doing or I'm seeing this or I'm seeing that you never want to put yourself into this thing where you're comparing. So I think it's very important to make sure that you heal first and take the time to get to know the person, um, build a friendship, build a foundation. But then again, there are times with some people that, you know, they meet somebody and they feel like this is the one and they've been together 30 years. So only you can determine what would be best for you. But all we can say is make sure you're ready for that next step so that you don't have to go through the process of a divorce again. Well, I would say this, Gary, um, said he's been divorced for six months. So um, myself, I've never been married, but I have a lot of friends who married and I have friends who have been divorced. Uh, The timetable is different for different people. So we can only go off based on what you what you sent this question to us um, saying only you truly know if if you know uh, if you totally healed and does this woman have the qualities that you can see in a potential long term relationship that can turn into a marriage since you desire that but you also got to figure out is it is that something that she want because every man and woman are are, are not looking at the same thing. And it doesn't make a person bad. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't want the same thing. Some people want marriage. Uh, even after they've been married and been divorced, some people have been single and have no desire to be married. Neither people are wrong, but you have to figure that out. But the most important thing is making sure you are whole yourself, that you are whole and healed from your previous divorce um, I can only make the assumption that 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 you are, but then again, you know, you wrote this question is to us, so we're trying to give you the best advice that we can, even not even from a marriage standpoint, but just from a relational standpoint, because um, uh, marriage is just you know it's a higher form of a relationship, but it, it is still a relationship. But as an individual, married people are singles who come together to make a team, make a whole. So if you're a whole now that you're been divorced, even though it's been six months, maybe six months has been that has been official. I don't know how long, mm-hmm. you know, because some people may have been separated prior to that, and then divorce just became official 
within the past six months. But whichever the case is, make sure that you are okay within yourself and that you really vet not only your own heart, but then look and make sure that the woman that you're pursuing, if that's something that she desires as well, whether she's been married before, whether she's never been married, because if that is not something that she can see, um, then you don't want to waste her time and you don't want to waste your time. So I would say, um, you know, just move with, move with discretion, move with caution, um, and, and discernment. Yeah. Discernment and caution. You have anything to say towards that, CJ? Uh, I mean, yeah, I really said pretty much the same thing that I was gonna say. Like, yeah, I first focus on healing from their relationship because I know, even with regular relationship, it can be a you know what y'all went through can kind of it can traumatize you. So, a yeah. marriage, I don't you know, marriage is way more deeper. So, like, first make sure you heal from it, and then like. It's kind of hard to say a, a time you moving too fast right. because everybody know everybody move different. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how old he is, you know. So mm-hmm. everybody mindset different. I think you just gotta be focused on you and how your heart can deal with it. So. All right, that's good. So the main thing is move with caution and exactly. have discernment, making sure you heal mm-hmm. from the previous um, relate well marriage, which is also a form of a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So remember, send your questions to the cab podcast three at gmail.com. Definitely, definitely. So CJ, we um before we end our show, we do want to give you the chance to let folks know how they can uh any of your social media handles, website or anything like that, how they can get in contact with you, follow you. Uh, some of the endeavors you got going on, you can tell us some of the things you got coming up. Okay. Uh, this is the time that you can uh, put that information out there for our listeners. Okay, yeah, we, uh, y'all can follow me on Facebook, CJ Nevels. Instagram is CJ underscore Nevels. TikTok, same thing, CJ underscore Nevels. Uh, I'm a part of a play August 19th at the Atlanta Center, uh, Can You Stand in the Rain? Uh, oh, that's the title. Oh, that's the yeah. title too. Yeah. That's the yeah. title of one of my favorite new edition songs, okay. man. So yeah. gonna come check dope. that out. Yeah. Uh, September first through the third, we got the dinner encore. That's at Evergreen. Okay. September twenty second through the twenty fifth, there's a play uh, traumatized ran by Marcia West. Mm-hmm. And October the twenty first, that's when I got uh, my event at the Renaissance, uh, the Art Mixer. Uh, with Nikki Dance Angel. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this, that's it so far for the rest of this year. Okay. See, you said that's it. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. said the Can You Stand the Rain. I love the fact that the director and playwright of that one was my stage manager, exactly. Kayla. So, yeah, I yeah. am really excited about that one. So, I'm excited too. So, yeah, yeah. Y'all get y'all tickets while y'all can before they sell out. Okay, it's going to be a show. Come on, Kayla. Please stand the rank. Yeah, and so that's all I have. All right, cool. Up. All right, so we're gonna um, end the show with a segment from each um, each of us. Uh, we have my forget all that moment coming from the book. Girl, forget all that. Mo- Girl, forget all that. <laughs> and um, today's forget all that moment is about just documenting whether it be um, in a journal or your phone, whatever, however you want to do it, document what you're going through 
as you heal from a previous relationship. Um, I do I do a lot of journaling. Uh, I still do, um, more so when I'm going through something, I journal a lot. And sometimes I go back and read it. I don't read everything, but sometimes I go back and read it um, just to see where I was at at that moment and then where I am um, at the present moment. And so just to see the progress, or maybe there wasn't any progress, who knows, but it's, it's more so of a reflection um, of what has happened in whatever time span the, the documentation has happened, whether it's been a month or a year or anything like that. So there have been times I look back and say, I laugh sometimes, be like, did I, I really wrote that? Oh, okay, but I'm nowhere near that where I was when I wrote this. So I would just say, you know, as you're going through the healing process document, uh, like I said, whether it be journaling, um, you know, digital documentation, make sure you're um, just getting those things out and just take some time to go back and reflect, you know, where you were and where you are now. It's more so for motivation to say, okay, I can move past this day because this is what I was feeling this day and this is where I am now. Hey, it's interesting that you would talk about journaling. Um, <laughs> just yesterday I was going through my phone because I have, I don't know, most people are not iPhones, they team Android, but in my <laughs> iPhone I have notes in there that I um put a lot of things and I've been doing it for years and it's been my way of journaling at times because I can get my phone and something God gives me in them wee hours when I'm putting stuff on Facebook to motivate people. Um, <laughs> I can, um, you know, put some things right there in my phone or whatever. And I was going through my phone and I saw what was like the beginning of the detours era. Um, a lot of people, call me the detours lady. And when I first made the play, I never did think that it would even go this far, even to me writing a book from detours to destiny. But years ago, I got the idea I've said before in 2004, and I didn't do anything with it till 2019. But in 2017, my pastor was preaching, and before he did this particular sermon series, I had just posted that I was under construction. And of course, you know, even though I didn't think about this at the time, you know, when you're under construction, um, you know, when you see a construction site, you'll always see a sign that says what? Detour. 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 And I wasn't even thinking about this. And I posted a scripture. I can't think of the scripture at the moment. Um, and... This particular sermon series that my pastor was doing, I get to church and I had just posted about this and the name of his sermon series was Under Construction. And he was talking, I'm just going to read this because I pulled this up when I was looking at what I had been journaling. <laughs> and it says, he said this and it stuck with me way back in 2017. He said, detours, they are inconvenient, they are frustrating, they are painful, but they are necessary. In the detours, we get to our destiny. We allow detours to, defe to, defeat, to defeat us. If you let the detours defeat you, God says you're not ready. There is purpose in the detour, and you have to learn to embrace the detour. And this was the start of detours. And from this, I have started to see, started to see all the different detours that so many people encounter. So learn to embrace the detour. 
That was dope. Okay. Well, my moment, the brain drop moment, um, what I want to say is spend your time wisely because you won't get a refund. I'm going to say that again. Spend your time wisely because you won't get a refund. In essence, what I'm saying is, is that we only are allotted so much time on this earth. We, we are naturally dealing with an invisible time clock. And when that clock hits zero and time is up, we're out of here. So you don't want to waste your time, even though all of us have done that in, in our lives. But once you know better, you ought to do better. So you shouldn't waste your time. You shouldn't allow other people to waste your time. Um, you just got to be more cognizant of it. And, and spend the time that you have, even when you're frustrated, because I know all too well about that. We all do. Or whatever the case is, looking at the positive side of things and, and, and asking God for direction. But, you know, your time is valuable. You can recoup money. None of us like to lose money. But if you lose money, you can recoup money. You lose your time. You can't recoup that, uh, whether it's done by you or you allow others to do that. So, once again, spend your time wisely. Because you won't get a refund for that. Because once time is up, time is up. So make sure that you be cognizant of that and think about that as you go on about your everyday life, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're a business owner, whether you're uh, corporate, uh, with family, no matter who you are or who you're with or whatnot, just remember that because time is a precious commodity that, you know, that is not, is there's not an unlimited supply of. That's good. That is really good. It was. <laughs> yeah. So with that yep. being said, this has been a great show. We want to thank, of course, like always, our producer Cassius, that's behind the scenes that mm-hmm. that produced this for us. Um, our guest CJ, that came, got to definitely check out that play. Uh, and I will keep getting some dope shirts made because that's what I like. Uh, and also to our good friend and sister, Shamel, <laughs> who, yeah, the other CJ, Shamel, who this, even though this would be her last time on here as far as a part of the podcast crew, but she's definitely still um, a part of the crew that, that originated spring oh, of 2022. And uh, we, it's going to be some further collaborations down the road. So we wish you nothing but the best. And to those out there listening, definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. If um, you know you also, if you're more of an audio listener, we're on um, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. But whatever you do, subscribe, share, and subscribe. Um, get captivated. We're all about cultivating, accumulating, and prospering. Grown folks talking about things that are pertinent, motivating, uh, with some humor in it. But we definitely are trying to push the culture forward in a positive way. So until the next time, everyone be safe. Keep God in your life. Love one another because time is precious and there's something you can't afford to waste. And be sure understand, get captivated. Get <laughs> Get captivated. Get captivated. Get captivated. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.